If they can avert a rail strike, can they get a federal budget, already stuck on a siding, passed by a week from Friday? That's one of the big questions now for Congress, and we get the latest from WTOP Capitol Hill correspondent Mitchell Miller. I guess a lot of chest thumping was going on at the end of last week for getting the railroad back to the railing the roads and not striking, but that's only the tip of the agenda. Exactly. A lot of pride here as they whipped through that rail strike aversion legislation by the House and the Senate in very quick time for Congress, as you know. But that still leaves a huge list of things that they still need to do. And that was an additional thing that they needed to address. So, of course, it took up some valuable floor time. And now they still have all the things that they need to do, namely uh, getting the government funding before the December 16th deadline. So where we are right now is Democrats and the Senate's top Republican, Mitch McConnell, want an omnibus that would carry federal spending through the new year. But with the pending shift in power coming in the House, it's getting a little more complicated. Conservative Republicans have some other ideas. Senate conservatives last week sent a letter to McConnell calling on him to instead support a short-term spending plan. They argue that would give them a better shot at reining in spending, which they believe has been too high and contributed to inflation. Now, on the other side, Democrats still hope for an omnibus, but House Speaker Nancy Pelosi conceded last week they might also have to do a year-long CR if no agreement can be reached. That's strongly opposed at the Pentagon, as you know, where Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has made it clear he does not want military programs essentially stuck at their current levels. I spoke with Virginia Senator Tim Kaine, who sits on the Senate Armed Services Committee, and he still believes an omnibus can come together. He tends to be a little bit more optimistic than his colleague, Senator Mark Warner from Virginia, but he also acknowledged that for the first time since he's been in the Senate, he made sure not to commit to any Christmas plans in case Congress goes to the holiday brink. So you can see where they are there. Well, you mentioned Mitch McConnell wants an omnibus through the fiscal year or through just the calendar year? Through the fiscal year, he would actually like it, if, it, if it's possible. I um, see. So that would be the normal appropriations. The question is, can they agree on the levels? Right. And there's just so many things there that are uh, being juggled around. Of course, you know, you also, in addition, have President Biden's proposal for nearly $40 billion in aid to Ukraine, another $9 billion in connection with COVID. And there's also all these things in the air, and when I say it's it's not like a few knives in the air, I mean, these are massive budgetary items that they're trying to figure out. It's, it's interesting with Mitch McConnell because, on the one hand, he would like to actually get things long-term, in part because he really feels strongly about aid for Ukraine and doesn't want that to die on the vine or get slowed down as the House conservatives come into power in January. On the other hand, he has people within his own conference who don't want that to happen, and they want to be able to use leverage on the budget when we get into the new year where where Republicans take over in the House. Sure, yeah. It almost parallels the railroad talks because they were in negotiations for three years, the industry and and the unions. And there was one proposal that got killed last week to extend 60 days more negotiation. Well, if they couldn't do it in 1,000 days, why would another 60 days help at all? Exactly. And that's why I think that one went down in flames fairly quickly during that vote set. I didn't realize Ukraine spending is becoming a little bit more contentious than it was 
earlier on in the conflict. Definitely. I mean, it has really, through the entire year, has moved fairly smoothly uh, through the House and the Senate, and particularly has strong support in the Senate, especially with Mitch McConnell behind it. But there has been a lot of rumbling in connection with what's going to happen with the House. Uh, House, The House's top Republican, Kevin McCarthy, who hopes to become House Speaker, is kind of leaning into that issue, saying he doesn't want to have a blank check on this. That's in part to appease uh, the House Freedom Caucus, the conservative wing of the party, because he needs their votes to become House Speaker when they vote in January. And there's a lot of nervousness, I think, uh, behind the scenes from Senate Republicans who really believe that Ukraine needs to keep getting this aid because they're worried things can get dragged down during the winter. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, the heat being cut off in Kiev and a whole variety of things that could happen militarily that could potentially get Russia back into things uh, where they've been on their heels for most of the time. So there is definitely a change, a, a shift here on Capitol Hill in connection with that issue. Sometimes I think it might be more efficient. Let's just bomb Russia directly and get it over with, but I don't think that's in the cards here right Right, now. I don't think so either. We're speaking with Mitchell Miller, Capitol Hill correspondent for WTOP. But that does bring up an issue for military spending because there is the need to replenish stocks. Right, exactly. Of of ordnance as well as the weapons platforms. Right. A lot of people just think, okay, well, they've approved this set of, you know, say $25 billion or another one that was a different amount of money, but uh, they they are running through all those munitions, all that ordnance, and it all has to be replenished. And in addition to these uh, military issues in in connection with Ukraine, if we look at the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, that is going to be coming up this week. And it's really interesting what's happening there. Because for all the talk about Republicans wanting to cut back on spending, there's a tentative agreement there to increase the top line for the NDAA by about $45 billion. That's far from uh, being a done deal, but uh, supporters from Republicans to Democrats say they need uh, to add more money because of inflation, the need to respond to China, as well as the situation with Russia. So negotiators are planning to take it up in the Rules Committee in the House today, and then they hope to eventually get a vote on the NDAA in the House this week. We'll have to see what happens. And let me ask you about the change in leadership for the House. I remember way long ago when Newt Gingrich came in, they had a agenda. I think they called it the Pact for America or Contract with America. It had a name and it had a big legislative agenda. I'm not seeing that at this point. No, the Republicans, the House Republicans have made sort of a very loosely organized commitment to America where they have a lot of very generalized discussions of various topics, but they don't actually have specific proposals. And they've been criticized about that uh, from Democrats, obviously. But it's really kind of unclear because of this unwieldy situation with the Republicans not having a major majority like they thought they were going to have in the House and literally only going to be able to lose maybe four or five votes on particular issues, uh, that that has caused them to have to kind of figure out, okay, we can't really say we're going to do this, 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 and this, because I think Kevin McCarthy believes if he gets too specific, he's going to set himself up for failure, because that is going to be a very unwieldy conference that he is going to be dealing with. So it's going to be interesting. You're going to have, um, you know, very relatively inexperienced 
party leaders, both from the Republican side and the Democratic side. Uh, you know, you have a whole new leadership team on the Democratic side with uh, Hakeem Jeffries, who will be the first black person to lead either party in Congress. He has been a very effective speaker and uh, was unanimously elected last week, but he doesn't really have any experience per se in terms of the uh, actual, you know, grind on the floor and what's going to get done. And, and that was where House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, of course, has been able to wield those levers really, really well behind the scenes. It remains to be seen whether if he becomes speaker as expected, if Kevin McCarthy can do the same thing on the Republican side. Well, last week it was Kevin McCarthy and his wife that attended the state dinner and not Hakeem Jeffries. And so McCarthy got to have that great Maine lobster, (laughs) controversial or not. I would have had a piece if I could have been there. So maybe that's acknowledgement from the White House that in some ways they're going to have to work with whatever the House cooks up to be. <laughs> right, literally what they have to cook up. And and Kevin McCarthy, by the way, r- related to the White House, earlier in the week, last week, uh, he took a, a, a moment where they had the a House and Senate leadership meeting with President Biden to talk about the rest of the lame duck. And after the Democrats had their moment to speak to reporters, he came out and uh, really laid it on the line on various issues that he indicated that Republicans are going to be taking up. Immigration, investigations, uh, he, he wanted to make it clear that he is setting himself up as the Republican leader and that uh, even though the Senate is still going to be in control of the Democrats, he is going to make a, a lot of noise for the GOP on his side. It's going to be fun. Nobody's Christmas goose is cooked at this point. <laughs> Not at all. Mitchell Miller is Capitol Hill correspondent for WTOP. As always, thanks so much. You bet. Find this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive wherever you get your podcasts. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 